believe it, agree with it or not, we have and true peace is only found in Jesus Christ and His revealed Word. And I want us to leave with that today. I want us to see that very clearly in our time remaining this morning, that true peace is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ and in His revealed Word to us. So I want us to answer three questions in this subject of peace. And as we answer them, I believe that we're going to be able to find what true peace is. And that true peace is only found in Jesus and His Word. Our longing for peace is stirred as we answer this question, what is peace? So, pretty simple. Let's just talk about this simple question, what is peace? Then we'll talk about how we can have it, okay? What is peace? Well, peace equals this. Peace is even in the midst of chaos or pain or trial, there's a lack of worry, there's a lack of fear, there's a lack of anger, there's a lack of stress. In the midst of difficulties in our lives, which we can't control, we still have a lack of worry and fear and anger and stress. That is somewhat of a definition of peace. What else is peace? Contentment. Satisfaction, rest, trust, comfort, joy, a sense and a confidence that all is well. Peace goes deeper than that, though, doesn't it? Because we can define what peace is, and yet as we look at God's Word, when we ask this question, what is peace? It isn't just a definition of all those things that are true, but it really is a person. Peace is a person. Isaiah 9 and verse 6 says something about Jesus coming and the prophet describes the one that would come and be born in Bethlehem's manger and one of the descriptions of him is that he is the prince of peace. In Psalm 85 and verse 8, it says that God will speak peace to his people. Do you, you start to see what's happening here? Peace is really from the person of peace, God Himself, Jesus Christ. God speaks peace to His people. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. In John 14 and verse 27, Jesus is speaking and Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Go over to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20 for a moment. Colossians 1 and verse 20. It's speaking of Christ and all that He is and, and He meets our every need and that He is supreme above all creation. And so that's the context in which verse 20 comes and it says this about Jesus. And through Him, God, God reconciled Himself, everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. I don't think it can get much more specific than that. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and He made peace between us and God through His blood on the cross. We celebrated communion a couple moments ago. We celebrate communion. We remember His blood because without the shedding of Christ's blood, the perfect blood, there is no peace between man and God. 
but through his blood we have peace. Peace is a person. You can write down Ephesians 2.14 as well, uh, speaking of Christ himself being our peace and that he brought peace to us. And so understand this, what is peace? We have to answer this question, what is peace? It's all those things that we define, but it is a person and we cannot know and experience peace in our life unless we know the Prince of Peace. Now, this may not be something new to you. This may be something that you've heard most of your life or you're very familiar with this, but the simple but essential question that you need to answer is, do you know Christ? Do you know Him as your Savior? Because if you do, then you have peace. But if you don't know him by faith, then no matter how much you try and, and clamor and struggle for peace in your life, you will never, ever secure it. You will continue to be like H.G. Wells, a hopeless dream of trying to secure peace because you don't know the one who provides peace, who brings peace. Um, we sing a number of uh, the Christian artist Chris Tomlin's songs. And one of his songs is called, I Will Rise. And I want to read just some of the lyrics to part of this song. He says, there's a peace I've come to know, though my heart and flesh may fail. There's an anchor for my soul, I can say it is well. Jesus has overcome and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He is risen from the dead. That is the peace that we can all come to know because of what Christ has done for us. So it starts right there with that simple question answered, that peace is found in a person. If we're struggling, if there is conflict in our soul, do we have a relationship with the one that brought peace, the Prince of Peace? Have we put our faith in him? Well, we want to ask a couple more questions because we want to find and answer this, this struggle, this longing for peace and and have peace on a regular basis so that we can enjoy everything that God has planned for us. Our longing for peace is found not only in understanding that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, but to answer this question, how ultimately, specifically, do we have peace? You say, I already answered that question, and I agree, I did answer that question. But more specifically, as we look at God's Word, I want to an answer this question, how do we experience peace? Most of you have put your faith in Christ, and yet there are times when you lack peace. Isn't that true? And so if that is true, how do we keep peace? How do we pursue peace? How do we have this be a defining quality of our lives? Now go back to Psalm 119 and verse 65. Go back to your Old Testament, Psalm 119. And I, and I want to just key in on this verse for just a, a few moments. Psalm 119, verse 165, it says this, Those who love your instructions have great peace, and they do not stumble. Think about that again. Listen to this, because we're going to answer this question, how do I, how do you have peace? Those who love your instructions have great peace, and they do not stumble. What is the psalmist saying? Well, Psalm 119 one of the key characteristics of that psalm, it's a, it's a psalm that is exalting the Word of God, His revelation to us, and how important it is, how essential it is, how it changes our life. And so in this verse, it's, 
It's illustrating the importance of God's word. Those who love your instructions. And how do we know God's instructions? Well, it's right here for us. He's, he's written it down. He led 40 different authors to pin these things down over, over 1,500 years of time span. He, they wrote these things down, led by the Spirit of God, and we have them intact for us today, and they're trustworthy, and they're reliable. And the Word of God, as is, is it says there, gives us great peace. Those who love your Word have great peace. So how do you and I have great peace? We need to go to God's Word. It's really simple. Sometimes we think that God has complicated things and made it really hard for us to understand, and, and I get that. When you read a verse, you read a portion of scripture, it may not make sense at times. But the Holy Spirit has promised to give us insight into things that we need to understand. But the reality is that the more that we get to know God and his word, we see how simple it is. And what God says here is that if you love his word, you're going to experience the thing that you really long for. And that is his peace. I want you to go back, stay there in the Psalms, but go back to the beginning, the very beginning, Psalm 1. I would just challenge you, if you're not familiar with Psalm 1, that you get familiar with it. I would encourage you to memorize these six verses because, really, they, they are some of the most uh, powerful verses in all of God's Word. All of God's Word is powerful. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But, but they are so insightful on how we can live a life that, that not only pleases God, but that we can enjoy life to the fullest. Psalm 1, notice the first three verses. Oh, the joys, or blessed is the man, whose, uh, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with the mockers. So the instruction there is, if you want to be blessed, if you want to be joyful, if you want to be happy, don't hang out with the wrong crowd. Don't join in with what they are doing. Verse 2, but instead, delight yourself in the law of the Lord, which is not just the Ten Commandments. It's all of God's word, okay? It's God's instruction to us. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating in it day and night. And if you love God's word, and if you're delighting in it, verse 3 says, you'll be like a tree planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves will never wither, and they will prosper in all they do. Do you want to experience verse 3? I do. I want to be that tree planted by the water. Because for me, there are times in my life when I feel like I'm a tree in the desert with little water. And my leaves are brown and fading and all crinkled. And it's because I'm not satisfied and I'm not looking to the source of who God is and finding my needs met in Him. And, and is that where you are today? I think all of us at times in our lives have been there, but if we want to have peace, then we need to go to God's word and we need to delight, as it says in verse 2, we need to meditate, which means that we need to spend time thinking about it, chewing on it, letting it be absorbed into our life, and then we'll be like that tree. We'll be green, we'll be flourishing, we'll be enjoying everything that God has in store for us. We're not going to take the time this morning, but you can make a note to read Psalm 19 verses 7 through 10, because in those verses, again, it's all the, a description of all the benefits of God's word. You remember that, that passage where it talks about uh, his word being sweeter than honey from the honeycomb? That's that passage. 
God's word is so important and it satisfies, it meets our every need, it, it, it meets our every need, it brings us peace. And so to answer this question, how do we have peace? We go to God's word, but secondly, we go to God's throne. So I want us to think about this in addition to, to God's word. We need to go to God's throne. What am I talking about? Very simply, I'm talking about talking with God. I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about putting him first. I'm talking about seeking him out and leaning on him. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. If we're going to have peace... Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 need to be memorized verses in our, in our vocabulary. So when we worry that we will quote this verse, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we go to his throne in prayer and we find peace there. We go to his throne in submission because part of praying, part of going to the Lord as he is sitting on the throne is recognizing that he is Lord, he is king, and I am not. And so we are recognizing his role as ruler and my role as the, the submissive one, the humble one that, that looks to him for direction and guidance. If we want peace in our life, we need to put God first. And that's really where the struggle is a lot of times. We don't have peace because we're trying to rule our lives ourselves. So we go to God's throne in prayer, but we go to God's throne in submission. In Job 22 and verse 21, Job's friend Eliphaz said this to him. Now, I don't promote Eliphaz as a great theologian, okay? He had a lot that was wrong. And if you read through that, Job's friends were not good theologians, okay? They, they had some wrong ideas about God. But Eliphaz got this right when he said this. He said this to Job, submit to God and you will have peace. Submit to God and you'll have peace. You put God first, and you're going to have peace. Job really did, in, in part, need to learn that because he was, he was misunderstanding who God was as the sovereign creator. He needed to recognize his role. We all need to recognize that God is an authority over us, and when we recognize him as first, then peace comes because we're in our rightful place. Thirdly, as we think about going to God in his throne... We go to him in trust, in prayer and submission and in trust. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 and 4, some of you have this memorized. You will keep him in perfect peace, who, uh, all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Do you have perfect peace? Do you want perfect peace? I know I do. I, you know, I think there are times in our lives when we, we struggle, we want peace. Last night I was, um, I w woke up in the middle of the night and, uh, sometimes I, I do that. Um, many of you do, but last night I woke up because the wind was howling. Did, did any of you get woken up by the wind last night? Okay. A lot of you did. And and do you enjoy being woken up by the wind howling and things banging and falling over? No. Um, there's something within me, and I just feel it. It's like every nerve ending in my body, when I hear something that is not right, it just like surges, like an, a, just a surge of electricity, and it's like, ah! And okay, and see, that to me is the, is the example of losing my peace, okay? 
And so in that moment, I have a lack of peace, and I'm just like tense, and I'm like, oh, and then I'm irritated, and then I'm frustrated, and then all I can think about is the wind, and what has fallen over, and what has been destroyed outside, and he said that his, his uh, what was it, your barbecue fell over? Your grill, and so we need to pray for Heath, and because uh, that's, that's a man's possession, you know, that's a serious business when your charcoal grill falls over, and that's important, and it is, but... But it robs us. Those things rob us, whether it's the wind blowing in the middle of the night. Uh, when, I was, when I was younger, as a, a young parent, uh, some of our kids are here today, and we're, we're thankful for that. Uh, but when they were little, they would wake up in the night, and they would cry. And that would rob me of peace. Oh. And then as soon as Anika, because she was the one that got up, um, as soon as Anika got up and put the, the little nook in, in their mouth, then peace would flow over me once again. <laughs> peace, right? We, we love peace. But we lack peace. We struggle. We, we want peace, but we struggle finding peace and keeping peace because we are swayed by the cries or the wind or the other circumstances that come our way instead of being focused on the one that gives perfect peace by trusting in the Lord, by going to his throne in prayer and in submission. If you lack peace, if you struggle with these areas, and all of us do, we need to go to the one that can bring peace. Thirdly, and lastly today, what are the effects of peace? Why do we talk about peace? Just because it's a thing to talk about? I want you to go back. I don't know where you're at in Psalm, but go back to that one verse, Psalm 119, verse 165. 119:165, and notice the second half of that, that verse. What are the effects of peace? Those who love your instructions have great peace, and they do not stumble. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't like to stumble. I don't like to fall. It hurts, especially as we age. Um, when we're younger and we trip, no big deal. We fall down, we get right back up. When we're older and we trip, it's a struggle, okay? And, and we know that. But, but we don't, no, young or old, we don't want to stumble. We don't want to fall. We don't want to scuff ourselves. We don't want the pain. We don't want the embarrassment. Well, if we don't want to stim, stumble, then then we need to find peace and peace through God's word and spending time with God that produces peace will help us not to trip up and stumble. And if you're tripping up and stumbling in life, if you're struggling with sin, if you keep tripping over the same things, if you're causing other people to trip, often the reason is because we're not allowing God to do what he is supposed to do through the word. We're not spending time with him. We're not submitting to him. We're not pursuing him. These are the effects of peace. First of all, we have a firm foundation. Peace provides a firm foundation. We, we go to God's word. It gives us a firm foundation. It produces peace, and we don't trip. We're solid. We're firm. We're stable. Solomon said it this way in Proverbs 3, verses 23 through 26. Solomon said, you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. You will lie down and you will not be afraid. You will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. 
have no fear of sudden disaster, for the Lord will be your confidence. That is a firm foundation. Your trust is in the Lord. That's the effect of peace. Another effect of peace is that we will not only have a firm foundation where we don't trip, but we will have peace with others. Now, this is really a major problem, and a lack of peace in our life is because there's conflict around us. There's problems, there's arguments, there's discussions, there is holy debates, or unholy if it, if it goes that way. But when we have peace with God and when we have a firm foundation, then we're going to have peace with others as well. In Mark 9 and verse 50, Jesus said, be at peace with one another. It's a command. We are commanded to have unity, to have peace, to not argue, but to get along. And we do that through Jesus' peace. We know that He's the Prince of Peace, that He has given us peace. And we know that He left His Holy Spirit to come and, and pour out His fruit through our life. Remember, one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. And so this peace from the Spirit should be flowing out of us to each other, and so we should be able to be obedient, having peace with one another. Romans 12 and verse 18 says, As far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Be at peace with all men. Are you allowing the Lord to give you the peace that only He can give? Or are you trying to do it yourself? Colossians 3 and verse 15 speaks of peace and the peace that comes from the Lord. And to me, this of all verses has stood out to me when it comes to peace and when it comes to conflict with other people. And it says this, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. This verse is so uh, very clear on what peace does. What's the effect of peace? Peace allows Christ to rule. Notice that phrase. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. And in the Greek, it's a description there of Christ's peace ruling in our hearts, just like an umpire rules in a game. Heath is an umpire. I'm sorry I'm picking on you, Heath. I don't know what the deal is. He's an umpire, and so maybe some of you have, have done that. You've been a ref or an umpire, and so when you are in that position, you are in charge. You call the shots. You call the fouls, and, and you call balls and strikes, and they are the ones that rule. You can argue if you want, but it doesn't change the outcome. And Paul is saying, let Christ's peace umpire your life. He's in charge. Instead of you being in charge and making the decisions and how sometimes I react wrongly to a circumstance, instead of I should be letting Christ umpire my life. The peace of Christ rule the circumstances and the reactions that I have in my life. Are we doing that? That's the effect of peace. Francis Assisi said this about peace, Lord, and this is a prayer, and so I just want us to think about this beautiful prayer and make this a prayer to the Lord as well. He said, Lord, make me an instrument of peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. 
Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood, to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Do we have the peace of Christ? Do we have the effects of Christ's peace ruling in our life? I pray that no matter what you're going through in your life today, that you would realize that if you are struggling in any area, it often comes back to who's in control and who's in charge. Let Christ rule. Let Christ be in charge, and you will experience the peace that God has designed for you to experience. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truths of it. We pray that we would go away from this place today in peace. Not peace from just feeling comforted by singing songs and coming to church, but peace from your spirit, peace from your son, peace from the truths of your word. And Lord, help us to be people that spend time in your word, that we can be shaped by your living word, that we would no longer try to be in control, but that we would submit to your authority and rule in our life. And that is where we find joy and peace and satisfaction. God, I pray that you would just go before us, that you would sustain us as we enter into this holiday season, that we would keep you first, that we would have joy on our hearts and on our lips, and that we would be people of peace because you are our peace. And we give you the praise now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for coming and being a part. Remember, we have a